Elections have consequences, and the Trudeau Liberals are making a mockery of Canada's immigration system, and therefore our entire country. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. We appreciate you coming to True North for your news and analysis. Hope everyone had a great weekend. And I want to talk today about this story that is just really shocking. It's shocking, but it's not surprising. This is a story over in the Toronto Sun about uh, the Liberals making changes to our immigration system to make it much easier. Lauren Gunter uh, broke this story over the weekend. Now, I know you might be thinking to yourself, uh, making Canada's immigration system much easier. Canada's immigration system is already laughably easier. But yes, it is possible and we are watching it. The Trudeau government is going to make Canada's immigration system even easier than it already is. I'm going to explain that in a few moments. But first, I just want to say elections matter. Elections have consequences. They have immediate consequences and they have long-term consequences for the country. So the immediate things, more liberals became members of parliament. There's going to be more liberals working in Ottawa, more staffers, more people in the civil service. Ottawa will become a more politically liberal town. Those are the short-term kinds of things. There are also long-term consequences. And we know this because we can look at the way that Justin Trudeau is spending. We can look at the debt trajectory. The Parliamentary Budget Office predicted that we will be running deficits in this country until 2070 if we stay on Justin Trudeau's path. So we know that the fiscal side of the country has consequences. We will all be poor in the future because of Justin Trudeau. But there are also cultural consequences. There are also things that happen in an election that will shape the future of our country that will impact every single citizen in this country. And I'm talking about immigration. So Justin Trudeau has now been elected for a third time. And in the six years that he's been in power, he's been busy quietly and cynically unraveling our immigration and citizenship program for the benefit of the Liberal Party and his own electoral success. So in 2015, Justin Trudeau first got elected on this grand pledge to let 50,000 Syrian refugees into the country. The program was a complete mess. I was one of the reporters uh, that was constantly uh, breaking news stories, looking into this, this, this program, pointing out all of the problems with an immigration program uh, based on an election campaign promise. It was so rushed. It was so chaotic. Canada was literally willing to take any Syrian who was willing to come. We weren't helping the people who were most in need. We were helping the people who were at the front of the line. And the government skipped very serious uh, immigration screening programs that were typically in place uh, for people, especially coming from a war zone like Syria, especially a civil war, where there are sort of bad guys on multiple sides. It's not like a clean cut, you know, uh, when you think of a war like in Nazi Germany, it was like the Jews were the ones that needed to be protected. The Nazis were the bad guys. Our refugee system would not have taken Nazis. It was taking Jews. Um, in Syria, it was much more complicated, much more complex. Uh, there were warring factions and kind of bad people on all sides. Obviously, some good people too, but bad people on all sides. So it required a lot more precision. And instead, Trudeau put us on this artificial expedited timeline to rush people in. It was bad for the country. And I started writing about it in early 2016. I released a book called Losing True North, Justin Trudeau's Assault on Canadian Citizenship. It became a huge seller. People still, uh, I still get messages and emails from people who have read the book and uh, appreciate it because I, I really outlined all of the concerns and problems I had with Justin Trudeau's citizenship strategy and the way that they use the immigration system to benefit themselves. And so some of the things Justin Trudeau did 
in his first term of office when he had that majority government, inexplicably, he removed language requirements for many new Canadians. So anyone who was coming into the country who was already in their 50s no longer had to bother to learn French or English. He made it easier for people to become citizens without even living in Canada. So he loosened the residency required. Can you imagine you get to come to Canada for a couple months, apply for citizenship, and then you don't even have to stay in the country and you can still become a citizen even though you're not a resident of Canada. It's absolutely wild. Uh, on top of that, he also increased the family sponsorship. So he reduced the economic category, increased the family sponsorship program to allow more elderly immigrants to come to the country through a program called the Parents and Grandparents Program. Just think about that for a second. It's a complete contradiction to the stated purpose of our immigration system. The whole idea behind why Canada accepts immigrants and allows people to come to our country supposedly is for economic reasons. We have an aging population. More and more Canadians are retiring and relying more heavily on our pension programs, the CPP, as well as other entitlements. We have this very expensive entitlement state that needs to get funded. We need more young workers coming into the country. The whole, the whole system of our economic program is designed around rules-based and skill-based programs. We have a point system that's the envy of the world. A lot of other countries uh, have come to Canada to study our point system to try to get a better idea of how to attract uh, the best immigrants that are going to succeed in Canada. Well, the Trudeau government started undermining that and uh, allowing old, old people to come, allowing uh, people who have no interest in living in Canada, allowing people who have no interest in joining the Canadian community. So essentially, the Liberals just began giving away citizenship, not to people who wanted to come to Canada to join the Canadian family, to contribute to our society and our country, not, not to people who wanted to become Canadian, just to people who potentially wanted to take advantage of our generosity, get the Canadian passport, and then head back to wherever they came from. These are not people who want to live here. They don't want to bother learning the language. They don't want to bother paying taxes. Instead, many of them probably don't even care about Canadian values, our civil society, our communities, or our national unity. They don't, they care about the passport. That's why they're doing it. They want the Canadian passport. It's like a insurance policy, except for one that you never have to actually pay into. Instead, you just have his passport and just in case something bad happens, if you get sick and you want free healthcare, if the country you live in falls apart and you want a safe place to go, if you have kids that want to go to university, but you don't want to have to pay international student rates, you keep this passport. That's what it's there for. It's for the future. It's like an insurance policy. It's not necessarily about Canada. It's not about our country and building a better country. It's basically about giving away passports and making sure that these people will always vote for liberals. That's why the liberals also changed the law to allow people who don't live in Canada who are Canadian citizens to vote in elections. That's a key component of it because you give away the passports, people go live abroad, they're taking advantage of the generosity, but they can still vote in the election to make sure that the Liberals get re-elected. So the Liberals don't care about any of this. They don't care that there are people out there taking advantage of our generosity. They don't care about the fact that Canada's citizenship, our passport has been cheapened. It's like becoming the laughing stock of the entire world. People know how easy it is to get Canadian citizenship they know that we basically give it away for free. And so anyone who wants it can come and get it. The liberals don't care. They want our immigration system to be a recruiting tool for liberal voters. That's what it's all about. They're willing to sell everything. They're willing to diminish the value of our passport, diminish the value of being Canadian, all in exchange for the power and the ability to run this country. It's completely cynical. And again, I outlined all of that in my 2016 bestseller, Losing True North. Now, since I wrote losing True North in early 2016, another fatal weakness in our immigration system has presented itself, this time in the form of rampant 
illegal border crossers coming into Canada via places like Roxham Road or in Emerson, people coming into Canada illegally crossing the border so that they can get refugee status. And I detail all of this in a second book I wrote about Canada's immigration system called No Border. This one talks about the various threats to our country through this policy of essentially not enforcing our immigration rules. There are national security threats, there are rule of law threats, and not to mention the exorbitant cost of housing and welcoming all of these refugee claimants, many of whom are bogus. And so the, the whole idea, the very first thing that you are doing in Canada, like the, the first thing you're doing in the new country that you want to live in, is breaking the law and crossing into the country illegally. What does that say about the people who are coming and what does it say about their respect to the country? They don't, they don't even respect the basic laws of Canada. How can we expect them to be contributing members if they're starting off the relationship in Canada on a lie, on, on doing something illegally? That, that, that's what No Border is about and I encourage you to go check those out. Well, it's only been one week since Justin Trudeau and his Liberals have been re-elected for a third time, and we already learn about the latest iteration of the Trudeau Liberals using our immigration system to their own partisan political advantage, basically eliminating our rules-based system and replacing it with a big everyone welcome sign. So again, I'm talking about this report in the Toronto Sun this morning, written by Lauren Gunter, says Liberals to make immigration to Canada much easier. So I'll just read a little bit from this story. It says, the Trudeau Liberals are planning to remove nearly all grounds the immigration department uses to exclude applicants, the Toronto Sun has learned. It has been the Trudeau government's goal since 2020 to increase Canada's intake of immigrants and refugees by nearly one third to 400,000 annually. How they plan to achieve this elevated level is outlined in an internal draft document sent to immigration and refugee judges, documents that have been exclusively shared with the Sun. In an email sent to staff and adjudicators on September 20th, Richard Wex, the Liberals appointee as chairman and chief executive officer of the Immigration and Refugee Board of Canada, laid out a massive expansion of the reasons immigrants can be allowed to enter and stay in Canada. Under the new guidelines contained in a document marked draft and covered by solicitor client privilege, civil service officers who do initial screenings of immigrant and refugee claims, plus the immigration and refugee judges who hear appeals of the officer's decisions, are instructed to accept any applicant who has an intersectional claim. So let me just explain what this is saying. So basically when an asylum seeker comes to Canada, like I described the ones that cross illegally at Roxham Road, or some people come with an illegal passport and land at the uh, airport, others just come as visitors and then stay and decide to make a refugee claim, and then others are applying from all over the world. So any of these applications, they come into immigration offices, and many of them are presented in front of a refugee judge. So if you are making an asylum claim, by Canadian law, you're given the right to a fair hearing and due process, and that includes presenting your case in front of an immigration judge. So basically, this new edict is going out to all of these people, anyone who is applying um, legally through offices around the world, or people who have come to Canada illegally or on false pretenses and are making applications, all of these people are all being told this one edict, which is basically to accept anyone who has an intersectional claim. So I'll keep reading from this story from Lauren Gunter over in the Sun. It says, intersectionality is defined as two or more of the following, race, religious, being indigenous, political beliefs, socioeconomic status, age, sexual orientation, culture, disability or immigration status, and these are things that impact an individual's lived experience of discrimination, marginalization, or oppression. 
Okay, so just think about this for a second. We're talking about people who come to Canada and make a refugee claim or people who want to come to Canada uh, through our legal immigration system. And they have to fit two or more of these categories, right? So race, I don't really know what that means. Presumably it just means anyone who's not white. Religion, again, I don't know what that means. Presumably it just means anyone who's not a Christian. Uh, being indigenous, presumably that just means anyone who's from a different place. Anyone can be an indigenous of any place. That's the, the term indigenous means that. Uh, political beliefs, okay, so I guess that would mean someone who's a minority, who's of the minority political beliefs. So, so if you just disagree with your country, disagree with the government. Uh, socioeconomic status, so people who are poor, presumably most immigrants are not wealthy people. Presumably most of them have a lower socioeconomic status. Age, I don't know, again, if that would be people who are very young or people who are very old. Sexual orientation, that's always been a deciding factor in the immigration system, or at least it has been uh, for the last few decades, that if you come to Canada and claim that you are being discriminated against because you're gay and you come from a country that doesn't accept gay people, Canada lets you in. That's part of our immigration, that's part of our refugee determination system. So that, that, that one's not new. Uh, but culture, so what? Someone who's not Western, uh, disability or immigration status. Immigration status is part of being intersectional. So just by virtue of them wanting to come to Canada, their immigration status would be that they're not citizens and therefore they're discriminated against. So this is basically saying any person, any person on planet Earth, anyone in the entire world, perhaps aside from Europeans or affluent people, anyone in the entire world, even, even affluent people from developing countries, um, could find a way that two or more of those things would apply to them. So essentially this is saying that anybody for any reason who wants to come to Canada can come. So our entire immigration system is now based on innate characteristics, things that you're born with that you have no say over. This is race-based identity politics. This is dividing our country. Instead of creating unity, we're dividing ourselves into these categories and we're often pitted against each other. In this case, if you can check off enough boxes, you get to come to Canada, no questions asked. I'll read a little bit more from this Toronto Sun story. It says, no longer will claimants need to prove, for instance, that they face torture or death if forced to return to their home countries, nor will they have to satisfy the UN's definition of a refugee. Now, if they merely claim they have been discriminated against or persecuted for being poor and old, indigenous, or holding political views targeted by some developing country strongmen, in the liberals come. One of the principal tasks of the immigration officers and judges is to determine whether a claimant is telling the truth. The Trudeau Liberals have covered that one too. Chairperson Wex instructs his staff and judges to remember that trauma, whether physical or emotional, can cause people to recollect information or incidents incorrectly. Therefore, if applicants provide evidence that turns out to be false, it may not be because they're lying. Rather, they might just be misremembering due to the lingering stress caused by trauma. Don't exclude them. So again, folks, this is just making a complete and absolute mockery of our immigration system. About 10 years ago, I worked in the immigration department. I was press secretary to the immigration minister. And let me just say, I saw a lot of things that made me much more cynical when it came to our immigration system. I liked the idea that Canada was open. I liked the idea that we accepted people from all over the world and gave them a shot to come to Canada to have a better lot in life. People who wanted to come to Canada, people who loved Canada. And let, let me be clear, I saw a lot of that. And I think that that is still the majority of people who want to come to Canada come in this category. However, what I did notice and what I didn't know before was that there is a significant part of the immigration 
program that is filled with people who don't have these intentions, people who want to come take advantage of our generosity, people who don't care about Canada, people who only care about either um, abusing the system and trying to find ways to benefit themselves, people who might be from nefarious uh, adversarial countries like Iran, who are coming to do harm to our country or to try uh, to, to manipulate it, people coming to, for instance, raise money for terrorist groups, those sorts of things. I saw a lot of things that made me much more hardened when it comes to our immigration system. And I think it's important that we just not be naive, that we not be naive, that we recognize that people do come. The thing that I took solace in, however, when I worked in immigration was the, the civil servants who work in the immigration department, the judges, the officials, the people who preside over the system. They've seen it all. They've seen it all. Many of them are much more cynical even than me. They recognize that there are people all over the world who want to cheat the system, who want to come to Canada, who want to take advantage. And because of that, they didn't put up with this kind of nonsense. They were, they, they, they believed in the letter of the law. They followed the rules to the T. And Canada actually has a significant body of rules and laws that protect our country from nefarious actors and from people trying to take advantage of our generosity. The system is there. The laws are there. The rules are there. It's actually quite hard to come to Canada if you're following the letter of the law. But this is the problem, is that all of these schemes and all of these changes that the Trudeau government is making are designed to weaken the system, designed to to prevent those civil servants and those judges from doing their job and making sure people aren't coming in for the wrong reasons and instead just taking away chipping away at our laws making it easier and easier and easier and easier and here we are today where you don't even have to tell the truth you can be caught lying about your application they just count that up to trauma and they say that it's okay if you lie because it's not your fault you can still come to Canada. This is a complete and utter joke. Canadians need to know about this. Canadians need to be aware of this. Canadians need to stand up against this. Otherwise, our rules and laws simply no longer apply. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.